we're into the final three weeks or so of the semester, and we're in this portion of this of our of our gospel readings where there's all these different resurrection accounts. Um, and, and we hear about Jesus just simply walking with two disciples, but the problem is they're going in the wrong way, and often we find ourselves going in the wrong way. And as I was, I was reflecting on different walks I've been on, there, there's, a, there's a walk I went on when I was in my third year of seminary in the summertime, and a group of us seminarians, we walked from the shrine in Green Bay, Our Lady of Now Champion, the name was just changed, and then we walked all the way to Holy Hill. So it's about 145 miles of walking. Now these particular apostle or disciples they were walking seven miles so seven verse 145 if you have to do it take the seven route um, but as we as we were, we were walking the first day we walked 24 miles it was awful but i thought i was you know in good shape i thought i was doing really well um, but then the next day i had to wake up and deal with the pain of that walk i don't know if you ever walked 24 miles in a day but not a, wouldn't really recommend it um, and as, as we were walking uh, one of the, the priests that I was, uh, a priest we were with, he had these walking sticks. And they kind of looked like ski poles, but I was like, only weak people use those things. I'm not going to use those things. Uh, then it came to day two, and I, I could barely walk. And it, it just, it just, I just needed some support. And that's what the Lord is coming to do for a lot of us. He just, he's coming to give us support as, as he journeys with us. And as, as we look at today's gospel, um, just a, a few things I want us to focus on as we head into the remainder of the semester. The first thing is, is if you brought a lie detector into your daily life, if you brought a polygraph, you know, police officers use these things. Like, are you being honest with where you're at? If you brought, if you brought a lie detector into your Bible studies um, and the Lord says, what sort of things are going on in your life? Like, are you really being honest with those who are in your Bible study uh, or in your discipleship groups? Or are you just like hiding from God? I think, I think for a lot of us, we forget that Jesus is the ultimate lie detector. But he wants to draw the truth out of us. He, he, he opens the scriptures to, the, to, the, to, the, to Cleopas and, and, and the other people who are walking in the wrong direction. And, and he begins to set their heart on fire. And that's what the truth does. It's meant to set your heart on fire and, and detach you from all that is false. Detach you from all these different things that you do. But like the Lord just simply walks with them. And as he's walking with them, to walk about seven miles takes about three hours which is also the same time that he spent on the cross. And sometimes that's what it takes. It just, it just takes time for us to be vulnerable, to actually be honest with God. Um, and he just simply just is walking with us. And so often we, we, we go to him like, like, like Lord, um, are, you the only one, are you the only one who doesn't know what happened? Like it happened to him. Your sin, my sin, made that happen to him. And that, that usually makes us go in the wrong direction. But even, as, as you're, even if you're leading a Bible study or you're leading a discipleship group, my question is, like, are you willing to walk with people as they're going in the wrong direction? So many of us have people in our lives that are simply blowing it. We just saw that last week with pub crawl, right? Like, seriously? Like, like I'm putting like, like substance in my body that's just, it's just not going to help me if I drink too much of it. We're still, we've got to still be willing to walk with people even when they're going in the wrong direction. And, 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 and Jesus, he simply says, you fools. And aren't we all fools at times? Thinking that Jesus doesn't get it. Thinking that he can't help us and support us. So we go to other things. But he says, you fools, you're, you're so slow to believe. Like belief is a choice. And you and I have to know that. 
As the Lord calls each of us to himself to walk with him, he's asking us to stop being fools and start believing. It's a choice every day. But you can try to be like me. You can be prideful. You can be puffed up and think that you have it all together. But eventually you're going to wear down. And the Lord just wants to come and support us. And we're also called to support one another. And as, as, he's, as he's telling the, the disciples, as, as they're going still in the wrong direction, he opens up salvation history, he goes through all the prophets, because everything points to Jesus. Everything begins with him and everything ends with him. And he's going through what we call typology in the church. All of these different pro- prophets, you know, going through Moses and Abraham, going through David, everything pointed to Jesus. And he fulfilled over 200 prophecies. So he must be the Christ. And, and, and his, 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 his Bible study that he's running with them is so, um, so powerful, it literally sets their hearts on fire with the truth. So they can't lie anymore. And it's, it's so magnetic. And I don't know if you've been a part of a Bible study. It's been so good. You didn't want to end. They're like, like, it's getting dark, but would you stay with us? And if we haven't been in a Bible study or we haven't been to anything where we've asked the Lord to stay with us, I would really encourage you this week as you're leading a Bible study, as you're going to prayer, like say, Lord, set my heart on fire. Set my Bible study on fire with your love. Set it on fire with the truth. Because the Lord wants us to be more in tune with what's true. But that means you have to be vulnerable and admit to him, Lord, I've been a fool. I've been hiding these particular things in my life from you. And you can't hide from Jesus. So what is Jesus doing as he's walking with them? He's celebrating the Mass. He's opening the Word. The first half of the, of the Mass is the, is, the, is the liturgy of the Word. And so often, you know, it's all put on the priest. Our bishop is really pushing us right now to enter into a time of praying with Scripture, coming to Mass prepared. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but like, did you look at the readings before Mass even started today? Like we have so many resources to come to have our hearts set on fire. But if anything, I would say our, our world looks lukewarm. A lot of us look like zombies. And we're not on fire. Because their eyes are prevented from getting to know him. But what helped them open their eyes? When Jesus took bread and broke it in front of them. He's celebrating Mass. And I, I know for myself, like that's when it clicked, when I realized it's Jesus in the Eucharist. And when the apostles no longer saw him, the reason why they didn't see him is because they consumed him. They consumed him. And again, if, if we're here, and this is what made them turn around, the Mass is what's meant to get us back on track. The Mass is what's meant to get us back on track. And, and as they encountered the Lord in the Eucharist, which many of us don't even believe in, there's a study out right now that says 80% of Catholics don't believe in the true presence. Maybe it's because we're not being set on fire by the word to bring us into the Eucharistic liturgy because we're just trying to do it on our own. And if that's you tonight, like if you're, if you're there, if you're thinking like, I don't, I don't need help, I don't need the walking sticks, like I just want to ask you, like, how's that going for you? Like if your Bible study is not set, being set on fire, if your discipleship groups, if your prayer life isn't set on fire, you're not, like you don't have a zeal for souls, um, the Lord's like, I want to come walk with you. I want to come help you. But then you've got to be honest with him. You can't keep lying. I can't keep lying. We've got to be brutally honest with him because the Lord sees everything. He knows everything. And there's just an invitation to be vulnerable as the disciples are as they're walking in the wrong direction. What made them go back into the war zone was the Mass. 
And that's why we, when we come to Mass, like, when I say go in peace or go forth, the Mass is ended, you're not supposed to be like, oh, hum, I'm going to go back up my day and not change anything. Like, we got to remain engaged with him. we got to keep those walking sticks. We have to allow the Lord to be with us and stop going to false things that aren't going to really support us over time. How do we keep walking with Jesus? How do we do that? There's an ancient prayer in the church that I learned while I was on that walk with the, with the seminarians, praying for vocations, pr- walking with that priest, using those walking sticks. Because one of the, one of the guys who was with us was, was a, a monk from Holy Resurrection Monastery in uh, St. Nazian's. And, and he was just booking it. But he, he, had this, he had this prayer rope wrapped around his wrist, and he's always kind of walking with it. And he's just, just thumbing these beads. And eventually I, I caught up to him, and I'm like, Brother Ambrose, like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm praying the Jesus prayer. I'm like, what the heck is the Jesus prayer? And he kind of went through with me the history of the, of the book called Way of a Pilgrim, and he eventually gave me the book and gave me another book on the Jesus prayer. Um, what the Jesus prayer is, it's, it's the words, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. It's the whole gospel right there. And it's what allows us to remain in the Lord. Because you and I are in constant need of God's mercy especially when we're walking with people who are going in the wrong direction. And the Jesus prayer, what it does, it, me- it makes your head sink into your heart. So the love of God comes out of your hands and feet. And so often, we overcomplicate things. We think we have to do, and I'm not poo-pooing novenas, not poo-pooing all these things, but like, when things are busy, the invitation is to, to simplify. When things are busy, the invitation is to simplify. I could have get any more simple than doing something as we're doing now, having the word of God broken open for us and that word is going to be made flesh. And the reason why the mass is so important for us is it, it doesn't change as things around us go crazy. The Lord doesn't want to, want, to, want to shock you with any new things. He wants to go deeper with us with the things you should already know. And as I was, I was learning the Jesus prayer um, from Brother Ambrose, um, also learned something really cool about the Jesus prayer. Is it also can be used as an act of contrition. If you're into confession, the priest is like, uh, if you could please state your act of contrition, and you're like, Ugh, I don't know it. People think about the Jesus prayer is it can be used as an act of contrition and confession. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. Amen. Then you receive absolution. My challenge to you this, this, this week is to learn the Jesus prayer. If you don't know it, you can look it up. It's very easy online. But the invitation is, as you, as, you, as you pray, is to breathe in the words, Lord Jesus, and breathe out, have mercy on me, a sinner. Like you and I are going to go in the wrong direction so often because we are sinners. The Lord loves sinners. It's so important to know that. And it's his love that sets our hearts on fire. To think of like, who am I that you would make yourself so humble in the Holy Eucharist? To open my eyes to not look with earthly eyes, but look with heavenly eyes. And just to be very practical, like think of like when you're walking to class, pray the Jesus prayer. When you're in class and things are difficult, pray the Jesus prayer. When you're sitting in front of the tabernacle, when you're driving, turn the music off, like pray the Jesus prayer. It's a prayer of a pilgrim. As these pilgrims, these disciples are going the wrong direction, it was the love of Jesus at the seventh mile. And the reason why the seventh mile is so important is because seven is a number of perfection. 
They were heading in the wrong direction. The Lord simply came alongside them. Their eyes were prevented from seeing who he was. His, their hearts were set on fire by the word. But their eyes were open. He was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. So which direction are you heading? Will you head towards Jerusalem? Will you head towards the place where you're meant to be these last few weeks? Or will you walk in the wrong direction? So important that you and I know that our example makes a difference. It was the women in our gospel today who got the men to get their acts right. And maybe it's just a call for us men to be better leaders this week. The women were the ones at the tomb who found Jesus. Where were the men? As we enter into these final few weeks, let's get practical, but let's keep things simple. I want you to take a moment of silence and just review your day-to-day activities. And as you're doing that, start praying the Jesus Prayer. Just breathe in, Lord Jesus Christ, and breathe out, have mercy on me, a sinner. It's not much more difficult than that. It's very interesting how the Lord simplifies things when they get crazy, when they get busy. Maybe we just trusted him and stopped trying to lean on our own merits and allowed him just to come walk alongside us and help us and be vulnerable and trust him we would see this campus be converted. It's clear that people are going the wrong direction. If you had someone come walk alongside you as you were going the wrong direction and started making you go back towards Jerusalem, towards a place of truth, maybe there's also an invitation to write a letter of thank you, a thank you letter, write a letter of gratitude. So we review our week. We start praying now. And we pray, you, pray to you, Lord Jesus, that you set our hearts on fire with a deeper desire to understand your word. Pray that you pour forth your Holy Spirit upon all Bible studies, all discipleship groups, all masses this week. And please help us know that you are truly here in this mass tonight in the Eucharist. As you open the eyes of the disciples, open our eyes tonight. Amen.